Draft Web. We're back. Jordan, how's it going, buddy? Going pretty well. It's Friday. Beautiful day here. Finishing off a pretty good week. I had a bad day yesterday. <laughs> but besides that, it's a good week. Yeah, yeah. It's getting kind of hectic over here. But today, it's it's pretty nice. We're going to start packing up the car tonight. And we're driving down to Asheville, North Carolina tomorrow. Oh, very nice. For the week. Very nice. I got my vaccine appointment coming up and a trip trip to New York right after that. When are you getting the jab? April 20. All right. 420. Yeah. Lit vaccine appointment. <laughs> I'm getting uh I'm getting my first jab on April 29th. So Okay. It's happening. It's happening. Yes. Yes. Although I did just find out that my tickets to see Rage Against the Machine at Madison Square Garden are Cancel. postponed another year now. We we were supposed to go in August of 2020, postponed to August 2021. Now it's pushed to 22. So that's yeah, it. I mean the vaccines are definitely happening, but the the it's not over. <laughs> this yeah. thing is not over. You, you can't go to a concert in an arena. Arena. Nah, nah. And some states are having more difficulty than others. But we don't control that, Brian. What we do control is launching Zip Message, launching a new company. What do you got going on? Yeah. So, you know, this week I'm trying to inch closer and closer to really starting the the process of onboarding first users after that would be first customers. And so this past week and into next week while, while I'm hanging out in, in this Airbnb is to just squash as many bugs as possible in zip message. And, you know, we did our own internal testing while we were building stuff, but at this point now, I need to get it into the hands of just a small number of users. I would say I invited so far about six or so people I'm friends with who, who had also expressed interest in using ZipMessage. And I invited them to start using it. I've been using ZipMessage myself, like with a couple of customer support issues on ProcessKit. I would send those customers a ZipMessage video and and I've been sending some some videos to my mastermind buddies and stuff and going back and forth. But now I've, I started inviting people to actually create their own accounts and start using it with their teams and their customers. I'm thinking of it like as like pre-invites before the, the official invites start going out. Even just having six users on it, just glaring bugs left and right coming in every single day. And I'm fixing them like crazy. My, my developers, half the time building new features half the time fixing all these bugs. It's kind of exciting, kind of fun, kind of chaotic, you know, it's a brand new code base and, and I'm trying to move as fast as humanly possible to get this stuff pushed out. And it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, while the stakes are low exactly. on mistakes and, you know, changes and sorry about that, I'll fix it in an hour type of thing. May as well go as fast as you can. But that's- yeah, I, I had a really fun uh, experience this morning with our buddy, Peter Soom. He's starting up a new app called Reform. It's like a, a form builder app. And he DM'd me, asked me if I want to try it out. I was like, sure, def- definitely want to take a look. So he sent me the link to Reform. And I was like, you know what? Before I even look at it, I should record a video of, of myself doing this, right? So I fired up Zip Message. I recorded myself going to his app and ran into an error on, on Reform. I couldn't, I couldn't register. Something went wrong. I uh, got that on video, sent him the video for, for zip message. He clicks on the link to zip message. The zip message page is broken. That's great. We're both sending us like, like our like alpha products that are both broken. And uh, oh, I love it. That's fantastic. So hopefully, you know, you, you can both get it and talk about it through a, a zip message uh, page. 
Do you have the terminology set for what that is? Is it, is it a post? In the database, they're called conversations. You know, you have a page that represents a conversation back and forth. And he tried posting into it and 500 error. And then I fixed that and I pushed it out. And, and so we got, we got that working. And, and, and then I got into reform as well. And, and that's looking pretty pretty slick as well. So it's, it's pretty nice, man. Well, that's, yeah. that's cool. I, I, I'm happy about this timing. You know, we're, we're launching stuff at the same time. And just the, that initial wheel turning a few times is such a trip. The first signups, the first users, the first like revenue, like I haven't had that in a long time, you know, totally new Stripe account, new revenue that piping it into Slack. I remember the inbox when I set up the inbox for Cardhook years ago, I just remember looking at a, just a dead inbox. There's nothing going on there and just saying, all right, one day this is going to be a mess of activity. And I, I look forward to that. And now my, my new inbox is busy, <laughs> you know, but, but the Stripe account is not busy yet. That's a good thing to cross over. Technically, I actually did get the first credit card conversion on, on ZipMessage this week. I'm excited about it, but I'm also like, okay, he's a friend, but he did put in the credit card info. And so that's technically he, he would be customer number one. You know, we're, we're working through all, all the bugs there. <laughs> and so um, I sent an email blast to the email, the early access list and my larger list this week, just as like publicly announced, like April, what is it going to be the next Monday, like 21st or something like that is going to be the, the, the week that I begin the official invites. I wanted to like announce that to the list and then also just give more info about where zip message is at. I tweeted some new videos with that conversation view. And so this week I'm fielding a lot of replies to those to those emails saying like I would use it for this I would use it for that I would use it and 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 when can I get my invite and I'm getting a lot of good feedback from people so it's kind of exciting but but it's it's also like all right I'm feeling good about some feedback here but I'll believe it when I see it like it's it's okay so you're 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 approaching it pretty carefully skeptically almost you're not going to let the optimism get you carried away until there's like cause for it can I ask you about the early signup list you know, we have the landing page mostly designed and finalizing copy next week. And then the plan is to launch the landing page the week of April 19. So it's really just next week to finalize copy and the first blog post that goes with it and that sort of thing. But one of the things that I'm not 100% set on is how to handle an early list. So we do, we do want people to leave their email to be basically notified when it fully launches. But is that it, just an email address? Or do we want people to also be able to schedule a demo? We're trying to think through it. Well, the way that I always do that early access ex- user experience or user flow, and I, and I did this again on ZipMessage, I've done it for all the recent products. Homepage is the, is the landing page with information. Click the button to enter your email to join the early access list. That's just an email field. Once they do that, they're on my list. And I'm using okay. Customer I.O. for that. I just signed up for them too. Yeah, they're great. The next page is, so it's like, thanks for joining the early access. Now here's a survey. And I always have a, a survey on the back end. Depends on the product, but I think I have about five or six questions on there. So as little as friction as possible to get on the email list. And then if you are kind of done right there, you can just close it out. We just want to have a way to identify... The, the thing we're doing is going to most people that read it are going to say, oh, that's cool. Let's see where it goes. Other people are going to see that's exactly what I've been thinking about. And that's the purpose of the survey. 
And I actually word it on the page there like, okay, you, you just entered your email address. Now, if you want to be bumped up the list, answer these questions. And then based on the, the responses, I can, I read every single one and then I can see the ones who are writing a lot and they're really resonating with it. You know, the questions are like, how have you, have you solved this problem in the past? What tools are you using for it currently? And, and things like that. And, and if it just indicates that they're a really, really good fit, then I will in all likelihood reply to them, get into a conversation either over email or, or a call or something like that. And I've noticed that I'd say about 60% of the people do the survey. You know, they, that's a lot of all the people who enter their email address, probably about 60 end up. It's not super clear that like you're already on the list until after you, I think a lot of people fill it out and just to make sure that they're fully on the list, they answer all the questions, but yeah, it's definitely good to get that, get that data. Yeah. That makes sense that, that so many, it sounds like a really high number, 50% plus, but it makes sense if the next thing you see is the form that as long as it's not onerous, then your nature is to fill up the form. So you don't expose your calendar or anything like that with a link that lets them sign up. I mean, for a zip message, I haven't done that. I, I've, I have done that at various times for process kit. I mean, if that's the goal, if the, if the goal is to get on calls, then yeah, absolutely. Put, put the yeah. link there. You know? Yeah. I might, I might do that. It's fun. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I've been having a few of those types of conversations and I forget how much I like it. <laughs> you know, some people like get tired of it. I'm like, man, I love it. It depends on how, how public you're being with the landing page, but I wouldn't want every single person to be able to book a call. The way that I usually approach it is email first and then the survey questions. And then I read their survey response. And then I invite the best survey responses to a call over email. Yep. 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 That, that sounds, that sounds right. So it goes from the landing page to the email list, and then the survey response goes into your inbox and you can reply directly from there. And then you're in a conversation. Yeah, it's in my inbox and it also gets into a spreadsheet. Okay, cool. I think ours will look something like it. We're just trying to figure out if we want the form on the page or really just, it feels like putting the form on the page because A, I'm, I can't design it myself and B, it's, it's relatively like complicated the design. So if we do a form, I know the designer is going to make the form awesome and then it's going to be rigid. You mean the email form or the survey form? If we do anything other than just the email field on the landing page and start putting survey questions on the landing page, then it's not going to be flexible. So I want to be able to just be able to go right in and change the questions on the fly as I see fit without having to change anything on the design. I, I tend to go with capture the email first. And then do this the the questions second, and I do that even currently on Process Kit. So, like to start a trial of Process Kit, you're on the homepage, you click Start Trial, it's an email form. Now you're on the list in Customer IO, and then step two is actually I I still have a survey in between that and starting the trial. So currently on Process Kit, it's email first captured, then it's answer four quick questions, then you then you move on to starting your trial in the app. Okay. So those questions feel like part of the onboarding. They sort of feel like part of the onboarding and I'm getting a sense of like who's signing up and for what reason. Okay. I like that. Yeah. We, we are not going to have public sign up for a while. So everything we do is going to end up through this type of a process around conversations first. And so, yeah, it makes sense that we should start that right away in the landing page, but also build the list as much as possible because when we do launch publicly, Obviously, we'd rather have more people on the list. Yeah. The other funny thing that happened this week with ZipMessage is, you know, again, I only sent it out to like 
like six friends who are who are using it, but ZipMessage is a viral product, you know. So they start using it with other people, and I got a few extra trial signups from people I don't know. And messages like like, hey, is this product ready? Like, I want to I want to like deploy it in this in in this weird case, and and like they totally were unaware that like it's a completely brand new even like pre-beta product right now. So that is so, such an interesting part of it. I mean, the virality, yes, but the psychology around being, but a I am asking people to like use it for real. Don't just test it. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, that's ideally. Yes. But the, the person who receives it, they don't even care what's behind it. They just see the product. And like, I want that. I don't know when, how new it is, who made it. Like, it's like irrelevant. And so in, in many ways, that's the marketing. That's the initial contact that's the goal. Yeah. That's yeah. part of the idea, you know? <laughs> cool. I like it. What's, uh, what's up on your end? So, you know, getting the nerves, man, getting excited, nervous, worried, the imposter syndrome stuff, the, is no one going to care? Is it going to fall flat? Is anyone going to sign up? You know, there's a lot of added pressure being a like marketing and sales focused founder and the, rest of the team is product and engineering and they're kind of just counting on you <laughs> and and expecting you to just generate sales and people and customers just magically because they don't know how to do it so they're like okay so so that that's a lot of pressure and so i i'm, I'm starting to feel that pressure as the date comes nearer to actually releasing it and i think the best way to squash that fear is just to talk to potential customers and not, not take a passive approach and not sit back and hope for marketing this and that. And like one to many, like, Nope, just like ground and pound, <laughs> just use the network. And so that's what we're doing now. We have, we have a list, we have a list of our investors. We have a list of investors that we spoke to, but didn't take money from. We have a list of merchants. We have a list of agencies. We just have these different types and we're just breaking it out into tier one. Okay. Tier one, let me write them an email and then send them a separate email that's very easily forwardable. So we do the work for them. And then that contains our sales deck. And so we're just pushing it out and arming as many people as possible with the ability to very easily share what we're doing. And that's phase one. How, how much of it is actually semi-public or like totally secret? So if you're talking to prospects, is there anything about like, like, let me show you this thing, but please don't share it out yet. Or is it like, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm, that's over. So for, for a while, we purposely wanted to just stay quiet. And now it's okay. It's out. The, you know, the page is going to be published in you know, less than two weeks. And so it's, it's over. There's, there's no reason to be secretive. There's no reason to do anything anymore. Yeah. That's, it's kind of just go time. Do you have a game plan for like, okay, page is now published. Then what? Like, so the landing page, what we decided to do was do more than just a simple landing page. And the reason for that was we had a little bit of time and we really want to lean on this page for a while and not build a full website until we get a lot more feedback and ideally have a few great customers that we can then use their logos and their products and their pages as part of the marketing. So it felt like, okay, if we want to lean on this page for two or three months, then let's let's take the opportunity to make it good. And then we'll just feel fine 
being proud of it and not really feeling much of an itch to build out a full website. So that's, that's my general thinking is we do want people to see the product, get a good first impression, and then really just use the site as like this channel into these conversations. So we just don't need to do that much work on the web. We don't need to convince and show the docs and show the features and show all this stuff. That's like later. And I'd rather do that after a lot of feedback because I'm sure we'll tweak the positioning. We'll tweak the language, the headline I have right now. I'm not happy with all that stuff will be better after having a hundred conversations over the next two months. Yeah. Even after the landing page is public, it'll still be, the the spread of it from there will still be based on your networking and talking to people. It's not like you're you're planning out quite yet. Like this is how it's going to get shared around Twitter throughout the month of May. It's it, it, not like that. Like, nope, nope. I think it's going to be spread peer to peer, and so the website is just a necessary pillar of the overall thing. But really, where where the magic is going to happen is me talking to an agency owner showing them a demo, and then sometime over the next few weeks when they talk to one of their customers that's thinking about this area, they'll say, hey, I heard about this new product. You should talk to to Jordan. My assumption is that that is what's going to drive things for for the next few months. Cool. I I know it's not not out yet. Can you talk about the the interplay between agency and customer, or are you going to save that for later? Sure. No, I can talk about that. So, so our product is aimed in at the headless e-commerce market. And that is being driven right now by developers and agencies. It's not a self-serve ballgame right now. And so those partnerships and integrations, and they matter a lot. That's my favorite place to play where I can see an opportunity for like win-win situations with integration partners and we can bring them customers and they can bring us customers. And, and so I'm, I'm happy with that arrangement because that's what I'm best at. And so leaning into that doesn't feel like a waste. It doesn't feel like I'm avoiding doing sales or marketing or anything like that. Like that, that is the right thing to do. Talk to all these players that are in the headless space and, and figure out where the alliances are and where the common goals are where we, who we can get aligned with, who we can form great relationships with, that we can make their agency look good and they can send us customers. Just so the relationship stuff, that's what worked at Cardhook because Cardhook was never allowed in the app store. And so we had to do all this work in the background. It happened to be that that is my favorite thing to do anyway. So we just went with it. And so I'm, I want to do a lot more than just that with the new company, but that's a great place to start. Yes. So hopefully by the time we record next week, I can talk more freely about it because by the time it gets published, oh, you're not going to be around next week. Yeah, we'll skip next week. So it'll okay, be so that two, makes it easy. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a bit of a. It was not the news I wanted to hear with audience apps this week. <laughs> the person who's been more or less, you know, running the show, Cat, our our team manager, you know, informed me that she's going to be moving on from from audience apps. Where she was one of the very first people there. It's been. I think almost six years, four, five or six years. And we've got several other, other team members on, on the team who've been here that long as well. But, you know, she's going to step back. She, she's kind of a, a, a new mom and, and she's got other things going on in her freelance business. And, and so I'm really happy for her. But of course, I was completely freaked out like, oh man, what's going to happen? 
But you know, we have a plan in place now for for Sarah, the person who who had also taken over sales. She's been doing sales and pretty successful at it so far for the last uh, month and a half. You know, is, we we've brought on new clients with her doing sales, and so she'll now become the the team manager. She too has been with Audience Ops for uh, a long time, like four or five years. She's like the obvious choice to to step right into that. It was so smooth for so long and and kind of a, a key piece of, of the puzzle is, is is moving on. Not that I'm so worried about, you know, Sarah coming in and, and doing that. She's going to do great in, in that. She already knows the role really well anyway. More about like, you know, just the overall structure of audience ops. I, I never like it being too dependent on on one particular person. It's been so smooth and so steady for so long. And I just don't want to disrupt that. After, you know, calming my nerves a little bit and talking to some people, I got, I got some good feedback that, you know, I have to have a structure in place that there's always going to be, yeah, just some, someone else who's like semi around to, to help handle issues if, if somebody else were to leave. Right. So, yeah. I mean, if, if Sarah wasn't there, it would be a lot more stressful. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I developed a new role on the team. So, so Sarah is becoming what we call the team manager. Now we're going to introduce a new role called assistant team manager, which we've, we've never had before. So now one of our other account managers is going to also become this new assistant team manager. And essentially Kat, who's, who's leaving, is going to basically be replaced with two people instead of one. Sarah will, will be the lead team manager, but then this other person will, will handle a little bit more of like the administrative tasks, overseeing, like coordinating, you know, getting coverage for this writer who's taking a vacation or, or doing this or that. And so, yeah, I think, I think that'll be good. I think it was a good opportunity to basically spot a, a weak, a weak point in, in the structure of audience ops and, and resolve it. It's like sudden like necessity of like, like an oh shit moment to be like, oh, we, we got we to plug that hole right there. So Yeah. It, some of those things kind of drive me crazy because you realize the answer was right in front of you for so long. And for whatever reason, it just didn't reach the level of action, right? right? Even, if, even if you saw it. So it's great that, that Sarah's there and that'll make the transition not as scary. And then, and then all of a sudden you take action. <laughs> yeah. And it was also a good opportunity because now we're spending the rest of April while Kat is still here to, to do this transition. She, like we'll have calls weekly through April for this like knowledge transfer from, from Kat to Sarah and, and also starting to train, train up Lauren, who's taken over the, the assistant uh, team manager. And, and it's my opportunity to um, like, I'm not spending a ton of time on it, but, it, but I did want to kind of step in and, kind of reiterate some of my larger goals and priorities to the team on Audience Ops about what makes Audience Ops great, you know, and Kat really knew that well. And I, and I want to make sure that the team really knows this is what, why things work so well here. Let's keep this going. So I, I sent a message to the whole team today, you know, just informing them that, that Kat's moving on, but also that I've always thought of Audience Ops, like, yes, we're selling this service to, to clients, but I believe more so we're selling this to freelancers, the, the people who work at Audience Ops. You kind of you set up a system that really provides freelancers good, dependable, interesting work. That's the thing, man. It's, like it's like a collective. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I have been a freelance web designer before all, all this. And and I know how up it, ups and downs, like like the vast majority of freelance work, they, they can get paid well, but it's project to project. You have a good month, you have a bad month. You got to do lead flow. You got to do 
proposals, all, all this different stuff. And audience ops gives you that steady retainer, good quality work, good team environment. You could spend as little or as much of your time working in audience ops as you want, but it's just steady. It's a, it's a, it's like a rock in your, in your in income stack that can, while, while the other stuff is variable or while you're a stay at home parent or, or whatever it may be. And like, also that like, we've built our, our processes in such a way that like, we are anti-urgency. Most agencies have all these like hair on fire situations where like, we got to get this out by the deadline and, and the client is angry. So we got to do this and that. And of course we have, our, we have deadlines too and everything we've got to deliver, but, but we design things in a way that it's, it's stress-free it's, it's remote, it's flexible, it's asynchronous. We've built time into our processes. We don't, we don't accept rush jobs. We don't offer a, an expedited service package. You know, we get asked about it, but the answer is no. Like it, it's just, it, it, it's designed to be stress-free. And, and I wanted to get that across to the team so everyone knows like this is the value prop. For, for yeah, just to re- reiterate. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense why people stay a long time. Yeah. It makes me think of an experience we had internally recently. I think it was two weeks ago, Monday of last week, not this week. And so the leadership team and I do a Monday morning call. Jess and Rock talk to the engineering team. They do their, their weekly stand-up Monday morning at 8 a.m. And then at 9 a.m. Pacific, we get on and they basically give me an update. All right, how's the engineering team going? How's the product going? How's the process? How's the, you know, where are we? And two weeks ago, I didn't have anything planned. I didn't have anything in mind. I was, I didn't, I didn't come in there with like, a, this is the message I'm going to get across. But I got triggered like immediately within the first 30 seconds of the conversation because I asked how it was going and I heard the exact same thing that I had heard like the two weeks prior. And something like didn't feel right. It felt like, I don't know if I'm being honest, it felt like an excuse, it felt like excuses. And what you mean by that is like the, the, the thing that you had expected them to be working on a week or two ago, why are they still working on that same thing? Why is that not? Better? Yes. Like, the, yes, exactly right. Like the progress wasn't where we wanted it to be. And what I heard, I heard the same, the same thing. And that just kind of, it, it triggered like an emotional response of like, hold, like, hold on, time out, time out, time out, time out. Like what, what, what's going on here? And then I, it was a little tricky because usually before Claire joined as, as chief of staff, it was just the three of us. It was Rock and Jess and I. And so now, now Claire is in on those. So now there's four people. So it felt a tiny, tiny bit like performative on, on my part. Like I'm like, showing emotion and being critical. Like it almost felt like there was more of an audience there because now all of a sudden there's three other people. So I, I really had to try to keep the emotions in check. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to berate anyone. You don't want to overly criticize in front of people and whatever else. So I tried to just have this very honest conversation and it turned into a full hour long, very honest conversations. We've been working together for a long time, rock and Jess and I. So there's a lot of trust there. And so that any criticism is backed by a relationship. So you're not just being a jerk, you know, you're, you're being honest. You're saying what's going on here. How can I help? And so on. Are the engineers and designers like other than rock and, and, and Jess, are they, are they new or are they cart hook people too? They're, they're new. Okay. Yes. There's one person 
that came over from Carter, but everyone else is new. You know, after a conversation like that, everyone kind of goes their separate ways and I couldn't help but be remorseful. At some point I come back around to, oh, I was too harsh. I shouldn't have done that in front of other people. I should have done it privately, all, all that. And so I, you know, I wake up in the morning and I go to write some apologetic type of a message and they had written me messages saying, thank you for yesterday. So, which was an interesting response. And then we get into like this little love fest. I'm like, no, but I'm sorry. And, but you're sorry. And I didn't mean this. And, you know, we're kind of on the same page, but what, what came out of it was that my tendency, I would rather not add pressure to people. I would rather leave them alone. And at Cardhook, doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in revenue and being profitable, look, you can kind of chill back a little bit. You know, it's not the same thing as when you're first starting. And now this requires a different mentality because we're back to zero. And so I need to get my head on straight that this is a different scenario. And that I, if, if I, right, the leadership team is basically representative of, the, of their teams. And so they're not talking about the progress that they made that week on the things that they're working on. They're reporting on the progress that other people worked on. And so if I am going to insist on accountability from the team to their leaders and then to me, guess what? I have to enforce some accountability on the leadership team also. The same way that Claire helps bring accountability into my world I need to step up the, the management and the accountability that I, I'm putting on the leadership team. And, and they needed that in order to then show uh, the, their teams that they need to be more accountable. It kind of needed to flow down all the way. And it was really on me that I wasn't enforcing it as much on them. And then they weren't enforcing it as much on, on their people. Yeah, it's like a question of like, how do you get across to the team the importance of of how this is a completely different phase different situation than than you were say 10 months ago in in card hook you know very different stage of the company stage of the product this is a brand new thing and so i think everyone probably would understand that but it but it's also like i guess getting more into the specifics of the product i know you have a great team around you now but like how involved are you in the actual product now, like in terms of like, like we know that this week we're going to take care of this component in, in the product and this, this should be shipped by, by Friday. And when I say shipped, I know it like internally, mm -hmm. but like we're going to yeah. move on to the next sprint next week. So, yeah, I, I'm involved in the strategic decisions on should we or should we not have a mobile version and a desktop version or should we unify them? Right. And what are the strategic decisions and pros and cons around that? And then as it gets broken out into tasks, that's where I'm, I'm not involved. So there's, you know, there's different layers. Do you guys to do it. any sort of, uh, and I'm, I'm not really big on any like rigid frameworks for development, but like the shape up mentality where it's like, you know, for the next four weeks or six weeks, this is, this is the thing that we're focused on or, or whatever it may be in the new company. Have you, do you have any sort of structure like that? We, we do. We have, we have enough structure so that everyone knows what they need to do and, and, and now by when it needs to happen and, and why. But it's not as crisp of a process as it needs to be, but it's, we need to be a little loose because we got to go faster. But what, what you said, though, what you said is the key thing. You need to understand why. 
you can't just hear from management that this needs to be done by this date or else. Like that, that doesn't work. And so after that conversation, it helped all of us realize, okay, we want more accountability. We want more of a deadline-oriented approach right now. But the only way to do that is to explain why. So it's not just this dictated thing by your leadership on, all right, now I'm going to be stressed for three weeks for, for what? So the next week was all hands. And so our all hands meeting was focused on the why. And it was like a rallying cry around, okay, we're setting this deadline. We're working backwards from there. We're trimming scope where it makes sense. We're pushing certain things until after that date because they're really not critical to get the first customers. And the reason we're doing that is X, Y, Z, right? We want to get it out by Q3 so that merchants can run it for the full Q3 because the best merchants aren't going to make big changes in Q4. And we want to make sure that we're set up to raise money on our terms. We don't want to get to a place where we're in January, 2022, and we're, we don't have the traction that we want. Therefore, we get into a bad place. And so it really like opened that up. And now everyone's on board and they understand why? Okay, these next six weeks are going to be pretty stressful for us, more stressful than we like, but everyone understands why, so we're all on board. And it was, yeah, it was very helpful for me to kind of understand what, what I was doing wrong, what I was missing. Yeah. I always have a hard time, and I hear the same thing from so many founders who, who are not, not non-tech. I know you're more, more than non-technical now. Yeah. You're, you're, you've become more technical, obviously, but like, you know, I, I always have a hard time relating to the, I can understand how it happens where, where it goes a lot slower than you want. It's always slower than you want it to be, right? But I'm in the product every day, like directly with my developer. He and I are both committing code and shipping to staging and to production and stuff like that. And so I think for that reason, and we're so small, it's just two of us, you know, on both pro process kit and, and zip message, we just were able to move so fast because it's so small. And, and as the founder, I can make those strategic decisions around exactly which parts of this feature that we're building are important and which ones we don't need to do and when I should ship this or, or wait until next week or whatever it might be. But it is interesting that right now in ZipMessage, it's so new with so few users that we're in like hyperspeed mode because I'm like super anxious to get it to the very first users, right? So I can be even looser with, <laughs> I mean, I'm shipping like half broken code to, <laughs> to production. You Look, know? It, um, it, whatever advantages exist, you, you have to use. So when you're small and you can do that, you should take advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, there we, are things like process kit, you know, we're, we're doing as close to hundred percent test coverage on, on everything from day one. I think that's a really important strategic decision to, to have that. Uh, mentality in place. And my developer is is completely uh, on board with that, which has been good. But they're definitely fun and chaotic and scary to have such a brand new code base and and then starting to get first users using it and seeing, seeing shit that is so broken. Like, how did I not yeah. even touch <laughs> on in my own testing? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah. A, it's a tough balance because we definitely could have gone a lot faster, but because we have experience in what we're doing, we are using a lot of the lessons to say, well, we know, we know this is gonna break. So we can't do it the dirty and quick way. We have to go through this process and it's going to take another few weeks to do it. But if we don't do it, then we're gonna have to do it live while people are processing revenue and that just hurts. So it's a, it's a balance because 
you do want to hurry up and get it out there and use the advantage of being a small team. Yeah. And, and even like with, with process kit, it, it has grown to a point where we're slower now we, we can still build stuff very fast, but mm-hmm. to deploy it's, it's a, it's a slower process. We, we have like a, you know, continuous integration now that it literally takes us like, like an hour to get through the test suites to actually push even a small bug fix live and stuff like that. So like, yeah, you get to a point where you have all these, and, and, and also with zip message, it's kind of fun right now to, to have the freedom to rearrange stuff. The other day, I got some feedback from some folks. It makes more sense to have the conversation flow downward instead of upward. So it's like, okay, I just flipped that. So now it's Switch going it. completely, <laughs> completely like, no. turned it upside down. It's like, yeah, no big deal. No, <laughs> no, no support messages about, hey, how can I go back to the way it used to work? <laughs> cool. Well, look, we, we, we're starting to run out of time. We didn't get a chance to cover Josh from bare metrics you my friend you are a pioneer the the, the lack of hesitation is an inspiring thing yeah. like <laughs> i have an idea right on the I like this space it, it really it really went from how come i can't find a good product for this <laughs> right everyone knows josh's story just sold bare metrics you assume just came into a little bit of money hallelujah congratulations well deserved so now homie's looking for like a personal finance app yeah. <laughs> you know, like, know. what do i do with this perfect. money <laughs> yes perfect and he immediately goes to twitter because he's a twitter native and is like why can't i find a good personal finance app and then a day later here's my concept a day after that here's my design a day after that here's my landing page you know and it he's just going i'm continually impressed with how josh how public I mean, he takes working in public to a whole new extreme. Yes, like it's an extreme. It's, it's awesome. And, and I mean, Andy has a larger audience. Honestly, like I don't know how he sort of deals with that. Like, like all, he 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 posts like like strategic questions or like getting creative feedback on stuff on Twitter. And I do a lot of that kind of stuff in private Slack groups, but but publicly, I work in public a little bit on on Twitter. But like asking for opinions from people on Twitter, it's like, that's not useful. You're not going to get any use, <laughs> at least in my experience. Like it's, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I put so much value on strategic decision-making that watching him do it blows my mind. And this isn't someone who's doing it ignorantly. It's not like he doesn't know what the consequences are. He just dealt with the consequences and doing it anyway, because that's the way he wants to do it. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's just funny to see, like, when, when you're a business builder, you're a business builder. You're going to keep building them. That's, that's like, what you do. You know, right after, Bear, even before he sold Bear Metrics, he, you know, he's, he's doing all these other projects, you know, creative, like... Laser tweets. Laser tweets. <laughs> yes. You know, making, making beats, doing, doing all this different stuff. And I was like, oh, that, that looks like so much fun. But at the end of the day, like, when, when you're not building a business, it's like... You, you get that itch and you, you can't go very long with, with, without thinking about, you know, a bigger thing to sink your teeth into. Yeah. Which is great. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even take a break between companies. Man. I always dream of like taking a break and I, and I, yes. never, I would never take one. <laughs> I do. I do want a break at some point. It would be. I mean like, a, you so know, like a break, great. like in between companies, not like. Yes. Like a long. year. Like, yes. I, I really fantasize about that in the future. Like when my kids are old enough that we could like go travel for a year. Kind of, that's it. My wife and I've been talking about that since before we had kids. So I, I hope we can make that happen at some point, but that's There's really no reason that you can't do that while you're doing, you know, yeah. running the business though. 
Yeah, it, it depends, but I think you can much more these days, obviously. What will be interesting to see over the next few weeks with Josh is what he does about financing. Yeah, because he's, like he's getting into that a little bit now. There's a new type of product from AngelList that looks so good. Roll bar, roll up. I, I can't remember the name of the product, but it really just makes angel investing like dead easy. So right now, if you raise an angel round, or from angels, so we did in our seed round, a good chunk of it is from angels. And you still have to deal on an individual basis with each angel and the paperwork and everything else. And then someone can come along and run an angel, a syndicate for you, and that can bundle people up. And that, that allows people to invest a lot less, right? Because it's, it's difficult to take on thousand or $5,000 checks when you're doing it individually. It's really, it's really it's, incredible to see the rapid pace of every, yes, everything awesome. around funding and business transactions getting easier and, and, yes. and more streamlined and removing middlemen so and, and opening it up to more, more access to more people, you know, whether it's, yeah, that, that new thing or, or the thing we were talking about with, with Sahil doing like the, the public have rolling funds, then Reg CF. rolling funds. And then even like, you know, you see like micro acquire with like, it's so easy to like buy and sell SaaS businesses. And, and it's like, it's just becoming uh, it's a whole new economy. Yeah. Now, now Josh working in public so much like Sahil working in public so much, maybe that Reg CF really becomes a thing for people with audiences. If you have an audience and you want to start a company at this point, you can just ask for money. You can legally, publicly just ask for money. I'm working on this thing. I want $2 million. Here's how you get involved. Straightforward. No accreditation, nothing. No, the, the friction doesn't exist anymore. Not, not the same way, which is awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. All right, man, let's call it a day. I'm about to take my oldest daughter to lunch. Sounds like Beautiful. Thank you, man. Friday. Hell yeah. All right, folks. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk in two weeks. See you. Later.